are here for a reason. This, 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 this news just in. Ready? Go, go, go. We are your news now. <laughs> right on radio. For continuous coverage, the latest information, separate fact from opinion. Get the truth. <laughs> Get the news. You're listening to Right On Radio. You. You.
Hey, welcome to Right On Radio. Happy Sunday, everybody. That's right. It is Sunday and it is time for our Bible study. And boy, there's a bit of a backstory to this Sunday episode for sure uh, that uh, we can't wait to share uh, with you. But just before we do, uh, look, last night, Brian Cole did the Saturday night sermon. It is a must, folks. Uh, if you want to know what your role in the kingdom is, he uses one verse from the Bible. In fact, he gives lots of scripture throughout the uh, you know the twenty five minutes or so that his uh, his preaches on, but he uses one verse, and it sums up everything that you are supposed to do as a disciple of Christ. It was absolutely amazing. It's real. It's rubber hits the road uh, type of preaching. So I want to encourage each one of you to go back and listen to that. If you haven't, it's short. It's on fire, folks, uh, as they all have been on uh, on our Saturday night sermons. We are so blessed with the uh, people that God has brought into our midst. And of course, I would be uh inappropriate for me not to acknowledge one of those great people who has been brought into our midst and that is none other than Cisco Wheeler Cisco hello welcome back to right on radio well it's such a privilege to be with you today thank you Jeff I enjoy being with you the word of God is so rich and beautiful and I look forward to the moving of the Holy Spirit in our lives as we reach out to those round about us to bring truth to the world. Absolutely. And, and I, I would be remiss. I, I should give you a little bit of an introduction as we do have a lot of new listeners. Uh, so Cisco was raised in an Illuminati family. She was raised for a very high position in the Luciferian cabal, the Brotherhood. Uh, she played many, many roles in that and was saved by Jesus Christ at a young age and was able to get out of it and lead a normal life. She became a preacher's wife in a beautiful church and uh, God rest her husband who's looking down from heaven because he was an on fire uh, preacher, as I understand. She's also a best-selling author uh, Behold a White Horse is the book that I'm still going through. And uh, she really does have her own ministry, uh, ladies and gentlemen. And the stuff she puts out on her Patreon is second to none. Uh, honestly, she is hitting such beautiful depths in the word of God and the meaning behind it. And, you know, through people like Cisco, I've had I have a much deeper understanding when I read the Bible now and I'm getting all new revelations as I go through it and that's one of the things that I think you'll experience uh, if you join her patreon uh, so it's patreon.com slash Cisco Wheeler and uh, I encourage you to do that so Cisco funny thing happened this morning in our studies yes. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, let me uh, so uh, you know cisco and i talked i think it was on friday and we said okay let's do uh let's do acts 14 together and uh 
And, and in all fairness, I always study one or two weeks ahead in advance. So I had already studied this chapter. Um, but this morning, I like to refresh. And I studied the wrong chapter today. And Cisco, what chapter did you study this morning? I spent a whole week studying chapter 15. <laughs> <laughs> so, Cisco, would you come back next week? <laughs> I would love to. I would love to. It's such a beautiful chapter. Yes. Uh, this book is. Look, this is our... Uh, this is our marching instructions, and uh, mm -hmm. as I say, a very simplistic way uh, that Brian put it last night in the Saturday night sermon. Honestly, you got to go check it out. It was uh, absolutely amazing. But so is this chapter. And Cisco, uh, I'm going to be reading the chapter, and then we'll break it down. Uh, but if you would not mind, would you open us in prayer and also pray for the technical aspects of this uh, okay. broadcast because we're getting hit there a lot lately. Okay. Our gracious Heavenly Father, we're so grateful that we can be in your presence this morning as we bring your word boldly before the throne of God. We know, Lord, that you're the integrity of your word and your word stands strong. And Lord, as we bring revelation of your word to the people, Lord, we ask you, Lord, to anoint the word, that it be sharp like a two-edged sword. Let us have eyes to see and spirits to receive your truth. And Lord, we ask for insight, spiritual deep insight into your living word. Lord, we ask you, Lord, to watch over the, the our computers, the technology, Father. We know that the principalities of darkness would like to, to come against us as we speak, but we know, Lord, that you send in your warring angels to make war against the enemy's camp, and we stand firm on the word of God that your word will go forth according to your word, according to your purpose, and your will this day. And Lord, we just ask you, Lord, to bless each and every one that is hearing today and tomorrow and throughout history, Lord. May you be lifted up. May you be glorified. May we see your love in this scripture the heart of God that passes all understanding. May we grow deeper in wisdom and knowledge and understanding. May we just rest in your love, knowing that you know with all things from the foundations of the earth, that you're a God that is not limited by time, but you're a God that is outside of time. And these scriptures bring such revelation, knowledge to know that we don't see the eternal things in the realm in the way that you see them lord because you're outside of time and from the beginning to the end all things shall be established you will be glorified and we will lift you up and give you honor and praise and honor this day in yeshua's name we pray amen amen and you know it's one of the things that really struck me this morning in my uh in my studies and I don't think it's a mistake that you know, I was taken in a different direction and you were taken as a di in a different direction because the uh, the word of God is very concise and it all supports each other. Mm -hmm. uh, but the, the thing that really, really hit me this morning in particular, Cisco, was the incredible responsibility it is to read the word and to uh, to have this platform to, you know, lift up Jesus before the masses. Mm -hmm. 
Yes, that's why we need to allow the Holy Spirit to work freely in our lives because it's the anointing of the word, the glory that's within the word, the living virtue that's within the word, the eternal life force that is within the word. As it goeth forth, it touches the hearts of man. We need to be very careful when we read God's word that we let go of ourselves and let God be God. Because God, more than anything else, wants to minister to the hearts of man. And His he wants his word to come alive in our hearts. He wants yeah. to give us eyes to see and ears to hear what the Spirit is saying. Because within this action and this action alone gives us stability. It gives us maturity in God. Uh, nobody can say to me that God is not real. I know he's real because I've read his word and his word has ministered to me. It has opened my eyes. My spirit searches after those things within the word because I know it's ever living. It's his truth being unveiled in my spirit. Because I also know that there was a time in my life when all of us, each and every one of us stood before almighty God as the creator of our soul. And we ministered to the father in the heavenly realms before we were conceived. And see, our heart and our soul wants to go back to what we once knew. It longs and it thirsts after righteousness. I long and thirst after it. I want to know more of God. I want to open his word and his word becomes alive in my spirit because I search my soul is hungry to go back to what I knew before I came through the conception. And I think that's with each and every one of us. That's why ch ch Christians have such beautiful fellowship is because we drink from the fountain of life. We drink from the living word because it's alive. And it's alive because the promise of the father yes. and the son lives in us. When after mm -hmm. Jesus left the upper room, mm -hmm. you know, he said, another one is coming. The Holy Spirit. He, will, he will dwell within you and greater mm -hmm. things you will do uh, than I did. And, you know, when we studied that chapter, I just there's one point that really I don't think I made and I wanted to is when he says greater things. So Jesus, you know, on the fishing boat, calmed the seas. Jesus rose, raised Lazarus from the dead. Jesus fed 5,000, you know. Um, so are we going to do greater things than that? Well, maybe, but I think what he is really meaning by that is more quantity. And, you know, last week when I did the, uh, study of revelation 13, I made a pretty bold statement in saying that the greatest miracle is when someone is born again, Absolutely. because it transforms someone who has fallen into a heavenly creature for lack of a better word. And when, when he, when Jesus says greater and you look in, you know, just at the, in the first Pentecost, you know, 3000 were brought uh, into salvation at that time. Mm -hmm. And we look at the acts of the apostles and how many people are added daily, mm -hmm. you know, and these are greater things because again like what could be a, is the you know the splitting of the red sea is an awesome miracle uh, man i'd love to see something like that in our time and perhaps we will 
but one person coming to salvation is the greatest miracle. I agree with you. To to be risen with Christ, to be risen with Christ, to have our spirit renewed, uh, to be one with Christ, to become one with our creator, with Christ, with Jesus, to be one with him in body, soul, and spirit. I can't think of any greater gift than the gift of, of love, the gift of mercy, the gift of grace, the gift of salvation, the blood that was shed at Calvary for each and every one of us. There was no greater gift. God laid down his life freely. He gave it to us freely. It is a freely given gift to each and every one of us. How do we accept that gift of freedom? The soul is set free from the bondage and the cares of, of the sinful world. We are no longer in bondage. We have risen in Christ. We are overcomers in Christ. Through the blood of Jesus, we're overcomers. If you then be risen, the word says, if ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, for Christ sitteth at the right hand of the Father. So he's telling us that we can be one with the Father. What a beautiful gift. We're going through salvation, we're going back to be renewed, to be as God created Adam in the garden, he had fellowship with him. He went to heaven and went to earth and they walked in the garden and God's bringing us to salvation. And, and the book of Acts is so clear to us that God has given this gift back to us to walk in the garden of life, to walk in the garden of ministry, to walk in the garden of love and mercy and grace thank, and thankfulness, the garden of restoration. The garden of love. Yes, I do believe that salvation is the greatest gift of, God, of all because it was freely given, freely given, and we can accept it or reject it. It's our choice. That's right. And we're going to see some people who make some choices in this chapter. And uh, and just don't forget, you know, the uh, we don't fully understand the Trinity. There's God, the Father, there's the Son, and then there's the Holy Spirit. Well, the Son and the Holy Spirit are fully God. And once you accept Christ, it is God's promise, not uh, his suggestion, but his promise that the Holy Spirit, God himself, will come live within you. Now, God does not take over your life. He will start to direct your life, but you are still a free will agent. Yes. But He, when you lean upon him, the closer you press into God, the more we walk in obedience, mm -hmm. the more the Holy Spirit re will reveal the things of God uh, to you and through you. That's I think, key. I'm sorry, Jeff, go ahead. I was, I, I kind of got excited when you were talking about the Holy Spirit, because the word of God tells us that God, the Father, God, the Son, and the God, the Holy Spirit are in witness of each other. Yeah. They give witness. So God wants us to be free. Christ wants us to be free. The Holy Spirit wants us to be free. And they're in total agreement within themselves, the three in one, that we be born again. That we come to know who Jesus is. It gives witness. All three. I mean, that's what a unity. If only we as Christians could have that unity, Cisco. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but we can. Mm -hmm. We and can. That's why, Jeff, and Jeff, that's why when we declare things according to God's word, if we stay true to God's word and his doctrines, 
and we we understand the very foundation of, of which the gospel is based upon and it's nay yay and amen it's yes lord yes lord i don't change the word it says it i believe it i don't have a right to change it i don't add or subtract i just take the word for what it is then we not only do we have god the father the son and the holy spirit in perfect harmony but we then walk in harmony with them that's right and if we can summarize it we just talked about obedience and we'll get mm -hmm. into the reading of the word here but mm -hmm. uh have no other gods before mm -hmm. god mm -hmm. and if you just think of the depth of this one commandment love thy neighbor well christ what did christ do he laid down his life he freely gave he loved the souls of man he freely gave. He laid down his life. That's love. Now, so, we, we as Christians, we're to lay our life down before the Father, too. To lay our life down before those around us. I know as, as a mother, you know as a father, many times you've laid down maybe what you wanted to do to <laughs> give that the other individual what they might want. We well, all do. There's so many ways to lay down your life. Well, Anything that's what a parent does that because they mm -hmm. love their child. Mm -hmm. And that's the way God looks at us. Mm -hmm. Right? Uh, who wouldn't lay down their life so their child could live? Mm -hmm. Well, actually, I'd say in today's society, uh, it's evident because there's been 63 million abortions in the United States alone since uh, 1970. So, uh, let's we'll we won't get into that topic. Let's read the word. Uh, why don't I read the word since you prayed, yeah. yes. and uh, yeah. then we'll we'll go on. So uh, acceptance and opposition. In Iconium, they entered the synagogue of the Jews together yeah. and spoke in such a way that a large number of people believed, both Jews and Greeks, but the unbelieving Jews stirred up the minds of the Gentiles and embittered them against the brothers. Therefore, they spent a long time there speaking boldly with reliance upon the Lord, who was testifying to the word of his grace, granting that signs and wonders be performed by his hands. But the people of the city were divided, and some sided with the Jews, while others with the apostles. And when an attempt was made by both the Gentiles and the Jews with their rulers to treat them abusively and to stone them, they became aware of it, and they fled the cities to Lyconia, Lystra, and Derbe, and the surrounding region, and there they continued to preach the gospel." In Lystra, there was a man sitting with whose feet were incapacitated. He had been disabled from his mother's womb and had never walked. This man was listening to Paul as he spoke. Paul looked at him intently and saw that he had faith to be made well. And he said with a loud voice, Stand upright on your feet. And the man leaped and began to walk. When the crowd saw that Paul had done this, they raised their voice, saying, 
in Lyconian language, the gods have become like men and have come down to us. And they began calling Barnabas Zeus and Paul Hermes, since he was the chief speaker. Moreover, the priest of Zeus, whose temple was just outside the city, brought oxen and garland to the gates and wanted to offer sacrifice with the crowds. But when the apostles Paul and or Barnabas and Paul heard about it, they tore their robes and rushing out into the crowd, crying out and saying, Men, why are you doing these things? We are also men of the same nature as you, preaching the gospel to you to turn from these useless things to a living God who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything that is in them. In past generations, he permitted the nations to go their own ways. Yet he did not leave himself without witness. In that, he did good and gave you rains from heaven and fruitful seasons, satisfying your hearts with food and gladness. And even by saying these things, only with difficulty did they restrain the crowds from offering sacrifices to them. But Jews came from Antioch and Iconium, and having won over the crowd, they stoned Paul and dragged him out of the city, thinking he was dead. But while the disciples stood around him, he got up and entered the city. The next day, he left with Barnabas for Derby, and they had preached the gospel to that city and made a good number of disciples. They returned to Lystria, to Iconium, and to Antioch, strengthening the souls of the disciples, encouraging them to continue in the faith and saying it is through many tribulations that we must enter the kingdom of God. And when they had appointed elders for them in every church, they prayed with fasting and they entrusted them to the Lord to whom they had been delivered. They passed through Pisidia and came to Pamphylia when they had spoken the word in Perga and they went down to Atalia. From there they sailed to Antioch, where they had been entrusted to the grace of God for the work that they had accomplished. When they had arrived and gathered the church together, they began to report all the things that God had done with them, and how he had opened a door of faith to the Gentiles, and they spent a long time with the disciples. Lord, bless the hearing of your word. Can I ask you what uh, translation you're reading out of? Oh, I, I'm doing out of the uh, the New American Standard. Well, it threw me for a loop because I'm you're into the King James, right? and it it it's totally. I had to read, listen to you, and read this too. So it kind of threw me. Well, that's okay. But, so, uh, what a beautiful testimony. Just... Yeah, it is. And uh, there's a lot of good things, a couple really good points in here. But let's just start at the beginning. In Iconium, they entered the synagogue of the Jews together and spoke in such a way that a number of people believed, both Jews and Greek. But then here come the Pharisees, <laughs> the unbelieving Jews, 
Uh, and you have to remember that the law was so ingrained and these people were mm -hmm. uh, entrusted. They were powerful people in the community. And of course, when they see Paul and Barnabas come in, they're, they're threatened because they're no longer, you know, if people don't follow them, they follow these other guys. Where does it leave them? And they're, so they're thinking in their worldly minds and not seeking the greater things of God. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The law was dead. Well, the law was fulfilled. It was fulfilled, but the law was dead. Yeah, it was no longer needed. We're in an yeah. age of grace. Right. And uh, they were men of such tradition, generations, many generations of tradition. And the traditions were, they were so bound by tradition and the law, they, they didn't, God not, they had not accepted Christ as Lord over their life. So therefore the spirit of the Lord could not renew their minds. And so they were trapped. They were trapped between the law and grace because see, we can only understand grace is through faith. And they had no faith to accept grace. They did not understand the salvation plan because they were totally uh, entrenched in tradition of man. Well, they didn't have the New Testament, certainly. But, you know, I guess that, that's a, a question. And I'm going to ask you to put in the comments. Um, are you stuck in a tradition that is maybe not of God? You know, like hiding Easter eggs, for instance, <laughs> right? That's right. Um, we have lots of things in our lives, and, and you know, uh, I'm no exception. Cisco's no exception, but we, we all have things that we just think are right because they seem good, and we've done them for such a long time. And let's face it, it is more comfortable to stay in your tradition than to pick mm -hmm. up your cross and follow Jesus. That's right. Well, I when I think of traditions, I always think of Calvary. It was the majority that crucified him. It's the majority that follow the traditions of man, whether it be Easter, doesn't matter, whatever pagan holiday they want to follow after. It's the majority. It is. It's always the majority. Well, wide is the path to destruction, but narrow is the gate to now eternal what, life. And if you want to carry all those things in, uh, you're not going to fit through the narrow gate. <laughs> so, but here we have some of the people who were divided and some sided with the Jews while others with the apostles. And when an attempt was made by both the Gentiles and the Jews with their rulers to treat them abusively and stone them, they became aware of it and fled the city. So they became aware of the plans. And so, um, actually, what does your version say about that part when they're riling up the Gentiles and the Jews? Because I, I, I know what Reddit, verse are you oh, there's a little bit more from? detail in the new in the King James. What uh, what verse? Uh, so that would be uh, verse five. Okay, and when there was an assault made both of the Gentiles and also of the Jews 
with their rulers to use them despitefully and to stone them. Yeah, so they're basically saying, you know, these guys are, you know, claiming a false gospel and mm -hmm. they want to uh, to stone them. And that was, uh, you know, not uncommon. And let's face it, Paul was there for the stoning of Stephen, you know, so Paul was uh, used to this sort of thing. Uh, but they, they had heard word of it and, you know, listen, the word could have just come through the mouths of, of people. Mm -hmm. uh, but I always think that the Holy Spirit is our unfair advantage over the world. And I say it's unfair because there's nothing as great as God. So it, it is not a fair fight. <laughs> when, mm -hmm. when we have wisdom inside of us, the Holy Spirit inside of us, we have an unfair advantage over the world. So in here, mm -hmm. their advantage, whether it came through people, but it God is either in charge of everything or he's not. So God might have told people, hey, go whisper in the apostles' ear what you heard, and they flee the area. Well, you can be sure that the demonic realm was at work. Because Satan certainly didn't want the word of God to come forth, the living word to be preached. He, Satan did not want them to come out of bondage. Satan knows as long as you're in bondage, there's no victory. That's right. You're not, you're not an overcomer. So I'm sure that the principalities of darkness did everything they could to shut the lion's mouth, which would be the apostles. They did not want God's word to come forth, the living word, the lion of Judah to come forth, did not want the living word to be revealed. That and revelation he still does knowledge, not. That revelation knowledge and I'll tell you, Satan must have been, well, if not only that, but they had worshipped their false gods and called up demons to protect their heritage, their lineage, their yeah. belief systems. So it was a very powerful, strong uh, warfare in the heavenlies that were taking place. We're going to shut these apostles' mouths. Because if we don't, because see, Satan already knew God was victorious. They got... God went into hell and took the keys to the kingdom. He overcame hell and the grave. And Satan was furious that he had lost the battle at Calvary. Because we have to remember, we have to remember that Satan, uh, Satan wouldn't have made sure that Christ was not crucified if he had known the victory up from the grave he arose. If Satan didn't know, if he had known the victory that came through, uh, the death at Christ's death at Calvary, Satan would have never allowed it because in that death that Christ freely gave at Calvary, that's where we have our victory in Christ Jesus. And Satan knew that. So you can be sure the demons were furious to the point that they wanted to stone the prophets. Well, and you make a great point about that because, you know, everything, you know, God can make everything into his victory. Everything can be his victory. And, right. you know, Satan cannot create. Satan just yeah. perverts things. Right. And so Satan couldn't even conceive that by killing Jesus, it was the creation of a new thing. The God man, the new Adam. Yeah. Uh, Satan couldn't even conceive that. And, uh. But he figured it out after three days, didn't he? <laughs> he sure did. When God took the keys to the kingdom, 
took the power and authority away from him, which we have the power and the authority to take it from him too. And the apostles, as they preached the living word, don't you know that they took their power back? They stood on the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. They took the authority that God gave them because it was revelation knowledge that was given to them in the upper room, filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. They went in knowledge and understanding of God's word because there was revelation knowledge from the throne of God. And don't you know they were powerful? Don't you know they stood strong unto and death? Unto death? And, and I'll tell you, this generation who has never really seen war, and I know that there's some people in our audience who have fought wars and things like that, but this generation has not seen war like uh, <laughs> generations in the past. And uh, I don't think our generation is going to escape life without these challenges. And uh, we, some of us might be confronted with this as uh as paul is as we later get in but let's just uh let's go back so now they're in lystra and a man who's sitting there is where it was incapacitated uh he'd been disabled all his life he had never walked and this man was listening to paul as paul spoke that's very really key this man was listening to paul as paul spoke and then paul looked at him intently and saw that he had faith to be made well and he said with a loud voice, stand up on your feet. And the man leaped and began to walk. Now, this isn't the first time we've seen this miracle in the book of Acts, but there's a couple really important lessons just in this very short space. What do you see, sister? Oh, I absolutely love this verse. It just touches my heart, makes me want to laugh because Paul, as he preached the word, the word was ever living. It was alive and it touched this man's heart and it became a reality by faith rose up in his heart because he heard the word. He heard the word of God and he had the faith to accept the gift of, of healing in his body by faith. But it's so beautiful because as Paul, re I mean, just think of it. As Paul preached the word, it's like thunder come roaring over the masses, I'm sure. It's like the anointing just covered them like a, a covering of the Holy Spirit just covered them. And they just started, oh, there's something to this. They've felt the presence of the Lord. Many of these Gentiles and even the Jews, they'd never felt the presence of the Most High God. They had never sat under the anointing of the Most High God. They did not know the move of the Spirit. They had no clue what God was. Only in word, but not in deed. And so when Paul spoke, that everlasting, that eternal word came alive in their hearts. And by faith, he rose up. But what's beautiful, as the man had faith in his heart, Paul, they became one in the Spirit, in perfect harmony, again, with God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And they all became, they were team. They worked together in perfect harmony. And that's what we need in the body of Christ today. We, by faith, we need to work together in the oneness of the Godhead so that the Holy Spirit is free to work in our lives as we minister to each and every, you know, all people. Amen. Well, there's one thing that I just want to bring up here, and I and I really believe that I got revelation from God. Uh, you can test this on your own, and I'll I'll accept correction if I'm wrong, of course. But 
you know, there's certain sects of the Christian uh, faith. You know, we there's a lot of different uh, doctrines and churches and flavors because people are different and people go to different areas. But there's like the word of faith movement. And, you know, the word of faith movement, these are these guys on TV that say, Send me a thousand dollars and you will receive your miracle. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And then after you send me a thousand dollars, when you don't receive your miracle, your faith is not strong enough. You need to get back to the Bible. Cisco, you cannot get your miracle. And maybe you need to give me ten thousand dollars, Cisco. And then you will have enough faith to receive your miracle. So I come against this, <laughs> obviously. It's a false uh, gospel. It's 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 a false doctrine. It's a false belief system. Uh, God doesn't give His love to us by merit, by works. Uh, it's freely given, and uh, I believe we should give to the church. Yes, I do. I believe in tithes and offering, but I also believe that it's been misused, and the rich get richer, oh, yeah. and. Uh, that is a false gospel, and they're going to stand before God. And I encourage individuals that are, have given uh, to these ministries, you just re need to repent of it because, you know, we're going to be accountable for being a good steward of God's word and of God's what he has given us. And uh, if you've given into a, a cult that is practicing a form of witchcraft, uh you need to repent. And, I've had and, to repent. I've had to what repent. I wanted to say, and in, in the revelation that I got from this part here, I want to make the point very clear. Um, I think that that is a perversion of the word, and a lot of people get hurt that way. Oh, I don't have enough faith. That means God doesn't love me. You know how many yeah. people's lives are destroyed? So yeah. when I was reading this particular passage, and it said, I want to read the exact words. Um, just give me a second. This man was listening to Paul, so he's hearing truth, and he's feeling God in this truth. Mm -hmm. uh, and he was listening to Paul intently, and Paul looked at him intently, and he said, and he saw that he had faith to be made well. So let me give you it's my revelation. Right he saw that he had faith to be made well. Mm -hmm. What I believe the revelation that I got on this was that he saw the willingness of the man to give everything to God. Mm -hmm. And and it's just the desire for God. So it had nothing to do with this person. It, it itself, uh, the man's faith was so great, he was able to, no, it wasn't able to before that. It was his, he saw the faith in him, that he was joyous in hearing the word of the God, and and that ministers to God. Remember, if you were with us a couple of weeks ago, we talked about ministering to God, and I think God saw in this leper, that, or not leper, but this cripple, that he was God was pleased with this man mm -hmm. and his worship. Mm -hmm. And so God told Paul, tell him to stand up. And mm -hmm. Paul did. He hungered and thirsted after righteousness. 
as his eyes were being opened and his spirit was receiving truth, he began to hunger after the things of God. And when we hunger after the things of God, faith is automatic. It's part of the recipe. It, it really is a part of the anointing that comes with salvation is faith. Because without faith, we cannot please God. And by faith, we accept him. So faith is the main ingredients for salvation. So a faith arose in his heart and he sought after the things that he had heard, the promises that Paul had preached, the, the promise of eternal life, the promise of, of being free from the law of man. That's right. So and, it's and beautiful. It's a, it's a beautiful testimony of love. It, it really is. And, and just to further the point, and it's something that I, you know, when I talk to people, I, I say this often. Um, when you receive God into you, obviously your faith increases because you have the living God inside of you and you have accepted the word and you've accepted it wholeheartedly because you've submitted your life to God. Mm -hmm. You've submitted yourself. And one of the things that I say, and I, cause I don't want to discount faith in saying, you know, uh, like, it, you know, you didn't get a miracle because your faith isn't good enough. That that's heresy as far as I'm concerned. However, uh, it's, it's the devil just wants to take you just slightly off of the word. And, and I want to give another analogy of this Cisco, because oftentimes when I pray, I don't pray the same thing twice. If I, uh, Cisco, if, uh, if you're saying I lost my sight, I'm going to father, you know, restore Cisco's sight. And, and I believe I'm praying within God's will. I believe it aligns with God's, you know, uh, view and the earth and the things he's called us to. And he might not do it instantly. He might not do it at all. But I believe he's heard my prayer. And that so I, very, I have strong enough faith personally that when I pray for something, I just pray and then I go on to the next thing because there's a lot of things to pray for. However, there's some people I've been praying for for years, and I will continue. Well, I believe there's a lot of truth in that, Jeff, because I'm I'm a lot the same way. There are many times, if when I prayed it, I believed it, and it's settled. It's settled between me and God. God knoweth all things from the foundations of the earth, and he, our prayers are eternal. They go over the mercy seat for eternity. Do I have to say the same prayer a thousand times? No, it goes over the mercy seat through the blood of Jesus. It only has to be said once. God knows. He's all knowing. He knows. And I, I, I stand with you on that, Jeff. We waste a lot of time on repetition. Yeah, there's because a lot of tradition. It's another tradition. Uh, reading certain things a thousand times over and over and over and quoting. <clears throat> that's repetition. I don't believe we need repetition before the Father. I think that we can pray in the Spirit. We can ask the Holy Spirit, Lord, how do you want me to pray about this? Because the Holy Spirit knoweth all things. It knows how to interpret. It knows how to pray. It knows exactly how to intercede concerning all things. And that's why the gift of the Holy Spirit is so important is because it's the same language that God 
gave Adam in the Garden of Eden. Mm-hmm. And that the Holy Spirit filled with the Spirit, according to Acts 2 and 3, we go back to the garden with the language that God gave Adam, and it goes straight to the throne room of God. See, people don't understand the importance. I wouldn't be surprised that Paul wasn't saying get filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You know, I wouldn't be surprised. It doesn't say that here, but I wouldn't be surprised because Paul knew he'd been in the upper room that he became one with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit in unity through the gift of the Holy Spirit. And it's that language, that heavenly language. I think it's so important that we stress it's so important because it knoweth all things. And it is all things. It knows exactly how to pray. And I think when we bring certain needs to before the Father, we pray in the Spirit, it's done. It's a complete work right there. I believe that. And then, you know, you I look back over my life. Look how old I am, Jeff. I mean, I'm not no young girl anymore. I'm, you know, and yet I look back over my life and I remember prayers as a child that I heard my grandmother praying for certain individuals. And my mother and my aunts and my sisters, they all prayed. We all prayed. And over the years, I've seen God bring answer those prayers so beautifully never generally in the way that we expected but in his mercy he had his way of working it out and you know what i've seen these prayers i claim the kingdom of god with that i have a righteous seed i claim that i have a righteous seed and not only for me and my children their children and their children i claim a righteous seed i claim uh the gift of of ministry to be over each and every one of my seed. Every one of them. I don't care where I came from. It's under the blood and it's no longer a part of my life. I've been redeemed. And we that have come out of darkness, even as children that we had no choice in the matter, God has set us free. And who we and we're free, we're free indeed, because it's a work of the spirit. And I think Paul was saying come out of Babylon, or even though, I mean, the law wasn't Babylon, but he was saying, come out of the traditions of men and accept grace. And I love it because without grace, there was no hope for mankind. That's very true. (laughs) We need grace to this day. Nobody could live under the law and survive. No. Because it was dead. It was works. Yeah. And uh, going back to, to, the Holy Spirit. Yeah, the law wasn't for salvation. The law was to show you how bad of a sinner you are, <laughs> essentially, right? Well, well, the law taught them obedience. It did teach them the traditions and the obedience because it was a preparation for Calvary. They had to have the law. Had to have the law. But what's beautiful is law. God not only loved the children of Israel and loved the Jewish people, but he also loved the Gentile. And he never left the Gentile out of the plan of no. salvation. He said, come no. freely. Yeah. And and he knew this from the beginning of time, because he, as you mentioned in your prayer at the opening, uh, time is not a constraint for God. It's right. not even a thing. It's a man-made invention. Right. The plan of man. I, you know, people don't realize that the word of God is the plan of man. From the beginning to the end. From... The, from right. the beginning yes. of time to the end of time, 
or eternity. The word of God is the plan of man. It is. God had a plan. And he brought that plan to life. There was a time, there was a dispensation of time for the law to be birthed. There's now there's a dispensation of time for grace. Yeah, and, and it's not like God corrected his ways halfway through it. Uh-oh, I made a mistake here. I better be, you know, no, no. no the, the, first of all, God has made Jesus the ultimate hero of, of all the heavens and the earth. He has yeah. exalted his son. Right. I think it's important to mention that under the law and the sacrifice of the animals was for one reason and one reason only that Christ or God was going to send the promised son, Christ, and the blood represents Calvary. So see, through the generations, every time they did a blood sacrifice on the altar, they were reminded that God said he was going to send his only begotten son. It was a reminder. It took all those generations to prepare the people for Christ to come. The blood was the promise. The yeah, and it, and it was all pointing towards the cross the entire right, time. Right, and that's what the law was all about. So let's get back to it here okay. because uh, the, these people in the in Lyconian, uh, when they saw this miracle, Cisco, they said, the gods have become like men and have come down to us. And they began calling Barnabas Zeus and Paul Hermes since he was the oh. chief speaker. Uh, so just, just <laughs> real quickly, Hermes is the father of Zeus. Right. So that's why they gave Paul that uh, that title. Well, but, remember, you know, they were they were so stooped in in paganism that that's the only thing they knew. If a child only drinks milk, all he knows is milk. So there's all a there's, knew, all they understood was the idols. Well, historians tell a story here, and listen, I'm just repeating what I what I've learned from histor historians. So, you know, I wasn't there, uh, obviously, but what apparently has happened is in this town of Lyconia, mm -hmm. uh, previously, uh, some of the small G gods, Zeus and Hermes, actually came into that town, and they were not accepted. Except by one person who would give them a place. So they were displeased because they were not worshipped and they burnt the town down, essentially. And so when Paul and Barnabas come into the town, the, the priest who uh, was here and he was the priest of Zeus, so he knew his history. He's like, no way is this happening again. We're not missing this. And so they literally thought, hey, we don't want to be our town to be burnt again. And so we want to worship them. But of course, uh, it's the reaction that is just fascinating and inspiring because they're like, no, don't worship us. We are men just like you. Mm -hmm. And why did they rip their robes? That's one thing I couldn't figure out. They tore their robes and rushed into the crowd crying out saying men why do you say these things we're also men we're the same nature as you preaching the gospel to you to turn from these useless things 
Well, because all the small G gods, useless things and turning you to a living God. So these small G gods are not living. They rip their clothes because people are, people, what they see is what they believe. And once when they ripped their clothes, they could see they were just human, just like them. Because they, in their mind, they had already saw them as gods. So they stripped their garment so they could say, see, this is God's work. I stand in the righteousness of God. I'm human, just like you, but Christ has come. Mm. Thank you for that, Cisco. That's beautiful. Thank you, Lord God. Yeah, I wasn't sure if there was something deeper to it, but yeah. no, I think I think you just nailed it. But I love how he calls these small G gods useless things. <laughs> useless things because they were <laughs> useless things because there was no power. There was no there was no anointing. They were useless things. Empty, shallow. Yeah. And then he goes purpose. on to say to the living God who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything dead stones. that is in them. Dead stones. Now, do you wonder why God hates idols? Oh, yeah. Dead stones. God hates stones. He hates idols because it's an abomination unto him. Because then you go back to what you were just reading, the God of heaven and earth. He created all things. And you want to worship a dead stone and bow before an idol? Boy, if that isn't paganism, I don't know what is. Come out of Babylon. Number one commandment. <laughs> you know, it probably is important. You talk about a dead stone. Man, I'll tell you. So oh, in yeah. past generations, he permitted all the nations to go with their own ways. Yet he, mean God, did not leave himself without witness. In that he, God did good and gave you rains from heaven and fruitful seasons, satisfying your hearts with food and gladness. And even by saying these things, only with difficulty did they restrain the crowds from sacrificing them. So they really had to work this crowd to say, no, 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 don't sacrifice to us. Mm -hmm. But then here come the Jews from Antioch and Iconium, and having won over the crowds, they stoned Paul and dragged him out of the city, thinking that he was dead. So this guy takes a beating, but while the disciples stood around him, he got up and entered the city. Now, it doesn't say that they, uh, there's an assumption that they prayed, but God arose him, obviously. And so he he gets stoned, he gets dragged out of the city. And listen, even if you weren't stoned, just being dragged out of the city, that's going to throw some hurt onto your body, okay? But what does he do? He gets up, he goes back into the city. (laughs) He he had already uh, experienced the resurrection power. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, if it dwells in you, it shall quicken your mortal body. That doesn't mean death, only death. His spirit will lift you up. The same spirit that raised Christ, that's being born again. That same spirit that's in you is the spirit that raised Christ from the dead. And when he was being stoned, his spirit raised him up. The same spirit. 
He was one with God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. It's almost like Paul just wanted to get hurt, you know? Like <laughs> I don't think there was any fear in Paul. Because I no, think I, he, he I had just so. experienced the upper room. He saw the power of God at work. He wasn't afraid to preach the gospel or the death. You know, when, when you're when being a young man, uh, particularly, you know, going through, you know, grade school and into high school, uh, listen, guys fight, you know, mm -hmm. and and what, what's kind of a miracle about it is a guy can fight another guy and, uh, and you know, 10 minutes later, you're shaking hands, hugging. It's, it's okay. Right. You know, uh, where, where women are wired a little bit differently that way. But what I wanted to say is, you know, when you growing up in that way, and I know a couple guys to this day that are, are close to me, actually, that they make a good fight. Well, not only that, but if you like, you could punch this guy in the, and give him a good wallop, like a, a good roundhouse, uh, this one guy, I won't mention his name on air, but he'll look at you with a satisfaction like, oh, that was good. Now I kill you. <laughs> but they, they, there's nothing scarier than a guy who not only can take a punch, but actually likes it. And I kind of think about Paul in this way. Like, Paul, there was nothing you could do to this guy. Uh, no, I'll go back. You know, who would... Who would get beat up if you went into a, a, a bar or a restaurant or something like that? There was a bunch of big bikers there, and they didn't like the look of you, and they so they beat the crap out of you. They drag you out into the parking lot. You get back up, and you go back in. Uh, menu, please. <laughs> you know, I don't think so. Well, I believe, yeah, I believe, Jeff, where the anointing of God is, there is always boldness and to death. There so, again... There's that tradition that we need to throw out. Traditionally, I think I'd run like hell. <laughs> yep. In the natural realm, yes, we would. We would. All of us would. In the natural realm, we'd run. You're right. But in God, we stand bold, boldly before the people, boldly, under the anointing. See, that anointing is our covering. Is, is that music just coming you know, in at the right moment? That's my clock. You know, <laughs> when the Lord said to put on the helmet of salvation, you know what that really means? When we are robed in righteousness and we put on the helmet of salvation, I see Paul having the helmet of salvation on. And when this helmet, these demons, all they saw was Jesus coming. They saw God coming. Wow. On the helmet of God, they saw God coming. So and let me tell you, the demons of tradition didn't know what you to do. You know what? It, it just makes sense. It's so literal in the Bible, but I've never thought of it that way before. So when we, when it says to put on the armor of God, and you put on the helmet of salvation, you're actually putting on Jesus. Right. And those demons, they're, they've tremble when they say God coming. They tremble with fear. And wow. so that's why the that's why the people raised up to kill Paul was because out of fear comes anger. What's the first action when you have fear? You have anger, and out yeah. of anger and fear, they stoned Paul. 
because those demons became very active in the souls of man or in the hearts of man because they, the demons saw God coming. We got to put this fire out. The fire of the Holy Spirit, we got to put it out. The demon says, we got to do something here. Let's shut this man's, let's shut this man's mouth because we have to shut God's, we got to shut God up. That's in the spiritual realm. So it was a war between good and evil. So right can, evil. here's a question. Can someone be an effective witness for Jesus without the boldness? No. No. I don't believe you can. So, you know, many people would say, well, I don't want to preach Jesus. We don't have a relationship yet. So we're just going to kind of get in and get to know them. And then eventually I'm going to tell them that I'm a Christian. Well, so that's probably the wrong way to do it then. Perhaps we need to be bold right up front. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. And until we get that in our spirit and it comes alive, we a lot of times people that are very timid and they don't want to go out of their tradition or their box is because they haven't learned who they are in Christ Jesus. Yeah. See, until you begin to know who you are, that's why my Patreon is so important to me. And I love my Patreon family is because I'm laying a foundation for the gospel because until we know who we are, we'll never be able to be overcomers. And we have to know who we are in Christ Jesus. We have to understand what this word is all about. Yeah. And because we have a church that has not been taught. We have a, a church that is not only sin sick, but it's thirsty for the word of God. It's thirsty for the living word because it's not being taught in the majority of our churches today because they're so, they've been so bathed in tradition. Yeah. And just giving one or two little scriptures and then a feel good, you know, things you mm -hmm. can skip. Mm -hmm. Skip to the loo, my darling, out of uh, mm -hmm. church, and then you go and get yourself some Christian chicken, and then we go back to our sinful ways until mm -hmm. next Sunday uh, morning when we put on the good clothes and pretend to be a Christian. Mm -hmm. that, that's dead now. I'm telling you, God permitted it for, for a time. But, I think yeah. it's absolutely dead now. And I, and I say, I, I do mean that God permitted it for a time. I, I feel in my spirit, Cisco that God is not going to permit that anymore. And that's why we're studying the book of Acts. Yeah. Well, we need to put on the breastplate of righteousness. The breastplate is the word. We need to know the word of God in order to be bold. If you don't put yeast in a cake or when you're making bread, your bread is going to be flat. The word of God is our yeast. It's what makes us stand tall through the fiery furnace, through the trials and tribulations. We learn to stand. We become a baked loaf of bread that when you pull it out of the oven, it is, it is golden brown and it is so beautiful and it's fresh and it's good. That's what the word is. What a beautiful analogy. I can't add a thing. That was just absolutely beautiful, Cisco. Mm -hmm. You know what you were doing there? 
You were strengthening the souls of the disciples and encouraging them to continue in their faith and saying, it is through many tribulations that we must enter the kingdom of God. And when, then they appointed elders and went to into every church, having prayed with fasting and entrusting them to the Lord in whom they believed. Well, don't you know that when they fasted and prayed that they had, there had to be some type of deliverance because of traditions of man and because they so many had bowed to the idols of man? That there had to be fasting and prayer because it's through fasting and prayer that deliverance comes through the spoken word. Mm. Thought about that? Well, yeah, with fasting, it's really just mm -hmm. to deny ourselves and to turn mm -hmm. to God. Mm -hmm. Because well, our, our flesh is not the answer, obviously. Right. right. Well, there's a reason for fasting and prayer, just what you said, but it also. Deliverance comes through fasting and prayer. Because remember, these people were, it, they were overwhelmed with demonic uh, spirits that had engulfed them and their generations before them because of traditions, because of the false gods that they had worshipped, the blood sacrifice they had taken part in. These people were in bad shape. They were Satanists, basically. Yeah. Well, you know what? Listen, there's only two types of people, saved and unsaved. That's right. And and it's it's harsh to say because a lot of people aren't purposely uh, worshiping Satan. But if God is not your God, mm -hmm. you're worshiping Satan. Is it good? There's only two types of people, folks. Right. It's a harsh reality. So your neighbor who just says, well, I'm agnostic or... You know, but, but I but I meditate and I and I talk to source. No, sorry, you're a Satanist. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now I that David, I absolutely am in shock that what what was once hidden is so out in the open. You've got all of these uh, guest speakers on specific shows. They're doing their tarot cards. They're calling up spirits. They've got. Uh, so much demonic activity in their own lives and they're denying the power of God and they're even going so far to say that Moses was a Satanist. I mean, I cannot believe what I am hearing. It is just, when I heard it the other night, I, I started weeping because I thought, Holy Spirit, you must be so grieved. You must, the Holy Spirit must be so grieved. I mean, and these are people that are claiming that God talks to them all the time and that they're born again and they're, they're they walk close to the heart of God. Well, it's not the God I serve. That's it's not right. the God you serve because my God cannot lie. And my God has given us a standard to live by. We are not to be partakers of sin and, and witchcraft. We are not to be a part of tarot cards and witchcraft. We're not to have spirit guides and we're not supposed to uh, do yoga because yoga is nothing more than Kundalini magic, which opens your, your third eye into the spiritual realm, which is not the God goodness is it's evil. So these people are having demons talking to them 
and disguising it as God talking to them because the spirits are liars. The spirits and, are to them. You know what? And there is so much of that going on. There's people who are Christian, claiming to be Christian, who mm -hmm. are divining, and they're doing it right in front of everybody. Mm -hmm. And because because the per, because people claim to be a Christian, yeah. they don't call them out. Well, no, people, that's uh, Christians don't do that. And and if you're unknowing, um, and you're doing it because you think it's right, and then other Christians don't come and rebuke you, mm -hmm. and then the person who watches this and just accepts it, you are not following. That's in right. God's ways, you need to rebuke mm -hmm. this. Mm -hmm. A father reproves those one, mm -hmm. the ones he loves. Right. And if someone comes to you claiming that they're a Christian and they're doing wrong, if we do not set them straight, you're a partaker in it. That's right. Well, not only are they uh, reading tarot cards and calling up spirits, but they're living in an adultery affair or they're having an adultery affair. They're not even married and they're living with their husbands. I mean, or you know, they call them husbands, but we have to stay. It's like Paul, we have to stay true to the word of God. He preached the word. He stood on God's word to be true. He didn't look to the left or to the right and decide to add or subtract. He said, thus saith the Lord. This is what God's word says. And we must stay true to it because we are in a very dangerous time in America and throughout history, where you've got all these Gnostic Bibles they're trying to, or books they're trying to say that the word of God isn't true. We have to know this word is true. It has stood the time of eternity. This book has stood the time of eternity. The beginning to the end. I can't stress that enough. This book is sacred. It is the heart of God speaking to all of us. And we must stay true to it. Stay away from those Gnostic books. They were not anointed. In my Patreon, I'm working on something now to explain to the people what the Gnostic books were and why they cannot be a part of the, the, the Bible as we know it. They just the canon. The yeah. canon. They just can't be. Because it's not an anointed word. It's history. But it's it's the mind of man, not the mind of God. So just to close out this chapter, Cisco, uh, if we could agree that, uh, you know, Paul in particular spoke with boldness, uh, did not care what was going to happen. He was willing to get stoned to death. Uh, he perceived this. As, so look, folks, saved, unsaved, saved, unsaved. What are you going to do? If the greatest gift is salvation, then we need to get these people into the gates because eternity is a very long time. But Paul and Barnabas being filled with the spirit and being bold in the word, when they had arrived, they gathered the church together and began to report all the things that God had done with them and how he, meaning God, had opened a door of faith to the Gentiles. And then they spent a long time with the disciples because don't you know, uh, disciples are people who are learning and being discipled into the way. We are being discipled into the way, the truth, and the life. Mm -hmm. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. 
we're disciples we're disciples in number but it's singularly to one god and no other gods above yes or below mm -hmm. and i think we can sum it all up to this david jeff i've got my i'm sorry jeff did i say that again uh, it'll teach me to name my grandson david okay uh i think we sum it all up to this jeff the bible is god's inspired revelation of the origin and the destiny of all things it is the power of god and the eternal salvation and it is a source of present help for body soul and spirit it is God's will and testament to men in all ages, revealing the plan of God for men here and now and in the next life. It is the record of God's dealing with man's past, present, and future. It uh, contains God's message of eternal salvation to all who believe in Christ and of eternal damnation to those who rebel against the gospel. Should I read it again? That is so good. Should I read you know it? What? I have this written in my Bible. It, all of read my that children, again. All I want everyone children. to listen intently because okay. that was so good. Okay. The Bible is God's inspired revelation of the origin and the destiny of all things. It is the power of God unto eternal salvation and it is the source of present help for body, soul, and spirit. Uh, it is God's will and testament to men in all ages, revealing the plan of God for man here and now and in the next life. It is the record of God's dealing with man's past, present, and future. It contains God's message of eternal salvation to all who believe in Christ and of eternal damnation to those who rebel against the gospel. And then I went on to read... Uh, it is the book that contains the mind of God, the state of man, the way of salvation, that the doom of sinners and the happiness of the believer. Its doctrines are holy, its precepts binding, its history true, and its decisions immutable. I just love that. It is holy. It contains light and direct, and it directs you food to, to support you, and comfort to cheer you. It is the traveler's map, the pilgrim's staff, the pilot's compass, and the soldier's sword, and the Christian's charter. And here heaven is open, and the gates of hell are closed. I wrote that in all my children's Bibles. I'd like to read wow. it again, if you don't mind, because it's so true. If we could you just sum everything up to what we've heard today and as we study the book of acts it sums it all up so beautiful well and it's a glimpse into the future right i don't know if a lot of people picked up on that but that yeah. is it's you're really giving a glimpse into the future do you mind if i read it again three is a godly number okay it is the book that contains the mind of god the state of man, the way of salvation, the doom of sinners, and the happiness of believers. Its doctrines are holy, its precepts binding, its history true, and its 
decisions immutable. <clears throat> it is holy. It contains light to, to direct you, food to support you, and comfort to cheer you. It is the traveler's map, the pilgrim's staff, the pilot's compass, the soldier's sword, and the Christian's charter. Here heaven is open and the gates of hell are closed. Christ is its grant subject and our good its design. And the glory of God its end. Amen. I think that's, uh, I think it, it sums up. The book of Acts. I, th I think it does. But you know what? What I'm feeling right now, um, and forgive me because this is going to be awkward. But you're a sinner if you don't hit the like button, and you need to be forgiven. <laughs> hit the like button now. I always forget to ask that. Sorry, a really bad transition. But Cisco, this is the heritage, uh, Jeff. The Lord just spoke the word to me. What I just read to you, and I'm sorry it's in such small print because it's in my little Bibles for my kids, but this is the heritage of the children of God. Yeah. Come and join the family. Those that Well, that's where I was going to go with this, Gil. Would you, for if someone's out there, and I'm sure there is because I constantly pray for unbelievers to come to this show as well. And uh, if there's an unbeliever who wants to receive that greatest yes. miracle, uh, would you lead them? Because it's it's quite simple. Would you tell them how to do it, Cisco? Our gracious Heavenly Father, we're so grateful for the plan of salvation. And to those of you that hear this beautiful word as it is anointed, as it goes forth into the hearts of man, and you say, man, I'd like to know that God It's so easy. Just humble yourself before the throne of God and say, Jesus, I come to you as a sinner. I acknowledge my sin. And I know that you, today I know that you are the son of God, and that you've given us an inheritance in Christ. And Lord, I want to be a part of that inheritance. And in acknowledging that you died, you were of a virgin. You came forth as a virgin in the womb of its Mary, Lord and that you died and you rose, and that you sit at the right hand of the Father. A accept these truths, and then ask Jesus to come into your life and be Lord of your life, and take on the gospel of Jesus Christ and stand firm and solid on his word, and you'll grow in strength, and all things will pass away. All things will pass away, and you'll become new in Christ Jesus. And you'll feel the presence of the Holy Spirit as you welcome him into your life, as you welcome the Holy Spirit to do the work of our Father, to apply the fire and the water and the wind of the Holy Spirit to your life, you'll become new in Christ, and you'll be lifted up from death into life, and there will be victory for you and yours and the future before you. In Jesus' name, in Yeshua's name, amen. Amen. And if uh, if you said that prayer along with Cisco, uh, you need to be bold about it and you need to let someone know about your decision so uh, let us know first of all put it put something in the comments of this episode in the comments not necessarily in the chat but in the comments and also uh please send an email to write on jeff at gmail.com or if you uh if you join cisco's patreon uh certainly let cisco know and uh i'm sure she 
she has more of a nurturing spirit than I do. <laughs> but uh, uh, we would love to to know that and to have our team pray uh, for you. And, uh, you know, this is kind of a virtual ministry. We're not all together. Uh, we're really around the world right now. And uh, but we want to pray uh, and, and we know that God will honor this prayer. That God will dispatch someone or some people into your life uh, that will help you uh, be discipled into the way, the truth, and the light. So you won't be walking this alone. And of course, uh, join our Telegram channels. Uh, they're all in the description box. And we have a, a really great community and it's a safe place to grow. It's a safe place to answer questions. And one of the things that I like to boast about, Cisco, is in our chat, as a service to humanity, God has provided Eric, who is our Bible answer guy, and he's also mm -hmm. preaching next Saturday night. Thank you, Eric. Cool. Wonderful. But that we call him the, bag, the uh -huh. Bible answer guy. <laughs> and and he is so yeah. Oh my goodness, he is so faithful in there to answer so many questions, and uh, he really has a pastor's heart and. Man, he doesn't get paid for this, folks. So on, on Saturday when he preaches, there's a PayPal there. Uh, if he's helped you out and and he does help a lot of people, please send him a PayPal. And by the way, I, I don't ask often enough, but reality hits. And uh, uh, if you want to support me, go to rightonradio.podbean.com. You can hit a button there and uh, and you can support. And I thank you for every uh, little bit as well. Cisco, any uh, closing thoughts now that yes. we have... People come into salvation and all kinds of things. What a beautiful Sunday. Let God arise and let his enemies be scattered. And we need to pray that over our government and over uh, President T. And uh, we need to pray it over the family of God. Let God arise and let his enemies be scattered because we're in a warfare. We're in a spiritual warfare between good and evil. And uh, God wants to bring forth truth into this nation. And he wants to pour out his spirit upon all of us. But we have to have ears to hear. And sometimes we have demonic strongholds over nations and cities and countries that prevent the moving of the Holy Spirit, you know, to move in the way that God wants it to be to move. And a revelation I got uh, very strongly, and we don't want to mention the names on here because I leave all the ministry videos up on uh, on this channel. Uh, but one of the really strong convictions that I had, and I know that I know it was from God, and I keep getting confirmations about it, is, uh, you know, it's okay. We've prayed against the policies. We've prayed against the things that they've done. But God said to me, and I heard it clearly, why aren't you praying for them? You have to pray for them. We have to pray for them, and, and it's absolutely biblical, so I know that it was the Word of God because it lines up with the Bible. Mm -hmm. uh, but Cisco, God bless you. You're going to come back next week because you're already studied up. You took a couple <laughs> hours of notes for it, and uh, and Acts 15. Listen, I, I just, I love the Word of God. I Man, it just, this is our strength, and, uh, you know, the world likes to say that it's a weakness to follow God. Oh, you need a God. <laughs> Let me tell you something. It is strength to know God. It is bravery to yes. know God. You can be any other religion, and if someone says something about you, you're protected. But if you're a Christian, 
the world will come against you. Why? Because there is only one true God. There is only one power, and the world and Satan and his Egypt system That's right. are scared. Well, remember to put on the whole armor, the helmet of salvation. When you go into the enemy's camp, all those demons see is God. Yeah, that's right. And the gonna breastplate run. of righteousness. You're going mm -hmm. in the enemy's camp with righteousness. And, and pray just that every day. Pray it. Let it become a part of your prayer life every single day. Lord, if there's any sin in me, Lord, I ask you, Lord, to cleanse, cleanse me from my all unrighteousness. Forgive me for any sin. Cleanse me so that I can put on the helmet. Because, see, we people don't, when we enter into to praise and worship and we enter into the body of Christ, we should first go to the prayer room and seek, ask God for anything we need to have forgiven. Yes. You can't put on the righteousness of God and the helmet of salvation because God cannot touch sin. He cannot be a part of sin. So we have to come first in repentance and, and meekness before the Lord and say, Lord, I'm a sinner. I've done this or I thought this. Or the, the Lord knows. The Holy Spirit, search out my heart. And if there be any sin in me, Holy Spirit, wash me in the blood of Jesus. Because sometimes we don't know we have sin. But the right. Holy Spirit, when we seek the Holy Spirit, we say, Holy Spirit, search out my heart. Search me, O Lord, and know my thoughts. Search me, O Lord, and let me see my sins. Search me, O Lord, and let me walk in righteousness. But we have to put on that. It's really important when you stress the helmet. That we have to be cleansed first before we can put on the robe. You know, that's so fundamental, and I'm glad you brought that up. And, uh, you know, I talked earlier about uh, not being repetitive in my prayers. I'll assure you the most repetitive prayer that I have is, please cleanse me from my sin. Mm -hmm. uh, because I sin every day, folks, uh, you know. Uh, I'm not. I'm not one of these Greek gods. <laughs> well, you know, Jeff. The Lord says, "Except the Lord build a house, we labor in vain that build it." Right. And that's a very. I love that scripture because it reminds me of get out of the God's way and let God be God. Because right. if God doesn't build my house, my house is going to is not going to last when the storms come. But except the Lord build a house, we labor in vain. <laughs> Well, I'll tell you it's the truth. Paul, I love Paul, and I always think of Paul when I think of except the Lord build a house. God built his house so strong in the foundation of God's word and under the anointing of the Most High God that when the storm came, he stood. He, he stood. went back into the city because he was grounded in God. He was grounded in the revelation of who God was. It wasn't just words. The word of God became alive in him and through him. And he got up after being stoned and went into the city. And they he was such a miracle that they thought the gods that he had become a god. I wonder what anointing must have been over him. I wonder what he really looked like. Yeah. Because people don't realize that we live in a third dimension world. We live in a world of time. But when our spirit, that part of us that was created in God and we accept Christ, we, God wants to take us into his dimension 
where there is no time. And where there is no time will be like Moses, that he had to cover his face because he'd been in, he had seen the glory, the glory of God. Yeah. And Paul, I think that Paul no longer was in this dimension of time. He, while he was being stoned, he was in the spirit realm. He was in the spirit where the Lord is, where the Holy Spirit is. And when he stood up and walked in the city, I wonder what he really looked like. He must have had the glory of God all over him. <laughs> I think he did. Uh, and he must, right. have, he, been, he must have been like Moses. And yet, Paul, you know, by by any, uh, you know, he was not a pretty man. He's not someone mm -hmm. that you would call a god, but it's the spirit within him that right, uh, right. people recognize. And right. uh, well, this this was really truly wonderful, Cisco. Uh, you have you. such depth. Uh, you were on fire today, may I say? Um, and, and by the way, I, I see some people are watching from Facebook. Uh, I do have to make an announcement about Facebook. Uh, for some reason, I can't get into the comments and stuff like that. Uh, I, I think they're blocking some functions on my app. Like some crazy stuff is happening, folks. So uh, I do get to read the comments, but I, right now I can't respond to them on Facebook. Uh, yeah. Don't know why. But uh, we're some weird things happening. So anyways, listen, go uh, go with God, as Cisco always says uh, to me. And uh, I extend those words to you. Thank you to each one of you being here. Thank you, Cisco, for helping me and uh, for truly taking this privilege of reading God's word. Uh, it was an honor. Thank you. Thank you know, we need to uh, dedicate our equipment and to the Holy, to the Lord. We and do. Dedicate and, it. Yeah, dedicate it. And even anoint it. It's okay to anoint it. Put the blood of Yeshua around it. And to ask the Lord to bring in the ministering angels to uphold your equipment by God's right hand. Because you're taking the authority out of the natural into the spiritual realm. And they have a hard time attacking your electronics when it belongs to God. That's true. But the, the other side of it is, um, you know, sometimes God allows these things to happen so that I'm aware that they're happening. That's true, too. So... Hey, we just we just for all things, right? Listen, we we pray yeah. these things, but at the end of the day, sometimes we just need to get out of God's way and let Him work. And with that, mm -hmm. I bid you adieu. We'll see you. Well, maybe even Monday, but uh, definitely on Tuesday. Uh, thanks for being here, everyone. Remember, love your God. Put no other gods before Him. Love your family. Love your neighbor as yourself and make a difference in your community. And go with God. Thank you.